0: Hey everyone, it's Alex here. Quickly before we start, I just wanted to mention that Chase and I recorded this podcast about a week ago and I just never had a chance to post it. Um, So that's why there is probably a bunch of signings that have happened since then, and I I know there are, and I said to be in the podcast, there's not much news to talk about. We will discuss those when we get a chance, um, but it just won't be this week. So I hope everyone enjoys our top 20 center rankings. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the m M&M and Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today it is the start of list season, baby. Uh, we are doing our annual rankings um, of the top players in the league, going position by position. Uh, so today will be the top 20 centers, as you can tell by the title of this episode. Um, the first time, uh, we have something different this year that we can do. Uh, because I actually went back and listened to a couple old podcasts. I've only listened to the center one so far, but I plan on doing it for wingers and defensemen and goalies as well. Uh, I have last year's rankings for us, which is not something we've done in the past. I think this is the third or fourth time, third time maybe we've done this list for sure. Maybe even fourth. Um, Two times ago, we only did top 10 centers. Um, And I'm thinking maybe that's what we did the very first time too. So I only listened to last year's list. Uh, which we did in the off season. Um, so we can actually compare to, you know, who we had where last year and, and this year. And if people rose or uh, have fallen and everything. So um, Chase, I don't know. I'm assuming I sent you the screenshot, right? But uh, I can go through our list from last year. Uh, if we want to go through them quick.
1: Yeah, I in. Mean, I didn't actually save it. It's just an RTM. So I went to go scramble and find it a couple minutes ago, but couldn't.
0: Okay. So I had McDavid one, Matthews two, McKinnon three, uh, you had the exact same top three. Then I had Crosby 4.5, Bergeron 7. Or sorry, Crosby 4.5, Bergeron 6, Drysidle 7, Eichel 8, Peterson 9, Barkov 10. You had Drysidle 4, Barkov 5.6, Crosby 7, Eichel 8, Couturier 9, Bergeron 10. Uh, I had Couturier 11, uh, Barzel 12, O'Reilly 13. You had O'Reilly 13, Barzel 12. And Aho, 13. Uh, I had Tavares, 14. Pedersen, or sorry, uh, Aho, 15. You had Pedersen, 14. Tavares, 15. Uh, And then to round out, I had Shifley, 16. Erickson, X, 17. Backstrom, 18. Hughes, 19. And Stamkos, 20. You had Malkin, 16. Kopitar, 17. Stamkos, 18. Uh, William Carlson, 19. And Zibanejad, 20. And then honorable mentions, I had Zibanejad, Deneau, Sorelli. Uh, Kopitar, you had Reinhardt, Larkin, Sorelli
1: okay, that makes sense I have an alarmingly, there's a lot of similarities this year, which I guess makes sense it's not like these lists should be completely different year over year
0: yeah, I would say my top 10 looks pretty similar but yeah. there's definitely a couple more different names I think not, not like a ton, a ton but I definitely have some different names closer from like 16 to
1: 20
0: yeah, um, Yeah. I so. Agree. We i'm get, a
1: very like, different bottom six or whatever it is
0: yeah me too and and honestly i found so you know i kind of try and do list by tiers where i kind of tier it off and then rank within the tiers and i found the first three really easy i found four and five pretty easy i found between six and ten hard to separate like those four or five players and then from like 11 to 24 four that i put down i was like i could honestly hear an argument for a lot of these players going anywhere in this ranking
1: yeah i completely agree honestly i have a distinct top seven and after that i'm like "Mm, i'm sure there's guys that should definitely be in the top 20 but after that it's like i get any order and even you could probably name an additional like 10 or 15 maybe even 20 centers because there's so many good ones and if you really thought they were 19 be like yeah, fair enough. Even though I think he's thirty-five, there can't be that much of a difference.
0: Yeah. So, like when I was making my list, I had the top five I wrote down right away, and then I had thirty-four names total, I think, for spots <laughs> six to twenty. So, yeah. Um, I'll just yeah, go like, right into okay. it, I guess, and and then we can go because I got a, a list of honorable mentions as well, because of course I do. Um, but so my honorable mentions, I started with two guys, which. I really do probably think should be in the top 20, but I had no freaking clue what to do with them uh, for two different reasons. So the one is Sean Couturier. He is still really good when he plays, but we have 70 games of data over two years for him.
1: Yep. So Yeah, he's a tough one to rank.
0: So like we both had him, I had him 11, you had him nine last year. And like, I think if you want to tell me that when healthy, you still expect him to be the 11th or 9th to 11th best center in the league, I don't think that's crazy, but he didn't play at all last year. So I don't know what to do with it.
1: Yeah, I basically just knocked him down a bunch. He, like, because I do agree, if you play him, I'm reasonably certain he probably didn't just get bad, but also we can't know that for sure. So he's a really tough one. I penalized yeah. him pretty heavily, even though in a world where he plays, he's probably still 12 or something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. If he's fully healthy and can do everything we've seen him do at times, that's great. But he's also 29 and has now had a couple massive injuries.
1: Yeah. Both the guys I moved, or not both, all of the guys, now that I'm looking, if I had them nine uh, other than one name, are significantly younger than them for me. And that's a big part of it where it's like, there's just more upside in, you know, jack hughes or someone like that than an injured often injured 29 year old yeah exactly
0: and then the other guy i had and his honorable mention which i had in my top 20 last year uh is matt barzell who i just don't know what to do because i feel like he is a top 20 player but his stats are so underwhelming and i just think that's because he's in the island but again there's no way to prove that right now
1: yeah he's another one i i didn't even think of him at first And then I was like, honestly, the reason I didn't think about him is because if you list centers by like war, he doesn't even come up in the top like 40. No. Or even close to it. I was like, maybe in the world where he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning instead of Braden Point, uh, he's a 100 point player. If you want to tell me that, I'd be like, you know what? I have a hard time. Not believing that, but also everything we've seen from him as best we can adjust for quality teammate suggests he's a good but not great – well, he's great, but not in the context of a top-20 list offensive player and kind of mediocre defensively. So,
0: Yeah, exactly. We both had him 12 last year, and I would say he had a down year this year, so that only means he can take a step back, logically thinking, right? So I had him just outside my top 20, and again, a guy where – if you told me he was on a Tampa or a Toronto or even like a Pittsburgh, I, I think he would be probably higher up my list, but I just, I don't know that for sure. So I can't put him there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause as my, for every story about a guy who goes to a good team gets way better. There's a story of a guy who goes to a good team and he is who we thought he was.
0: Yep, exactly. So, and then three guys that I had just on the outside of my list, uh, Jed, who was my first honorable mention last year. Yeah. Uh, I had I'm him just
1: missing too.
0: Yep, so I had him just kind of the same idea where very good centerman, I think just outside the top 20. Uh, I had Thomas Hurdle here as well.
1: Okay, that's a one we'll differ on. I only have him on the list, but obviously not high up it.
0: So we'll talk to him when we get there. And John Tavares actually too, just missing my top 20.
1: Yeah, I had Tavares and uh, Ciarelli as the two guys I had in here at first, but then I was like, hmm
0: Yeah, Sorelli's a good one where I thought, like, so I went through the list. I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anyone massive, but I thought, I realized after I didn't put any thought into Sorelli, and I went, oh, shit, and I went back and, like, cross-referenced his stats. His stats are, like, very underwhelming for what I feel like his hype is throughout the league.
1: Yeah, because he he has these, he had amazing defensive numbers, which he's had repetitively, but to get on a list like this, you're going to have to show some offensive upside at some point. Especially when you're on the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: Yeah, and like I thought – so when I was reading, I really thought he screwed up because I thought he had 70 points this year. I was like, oh, yeah, like great defensively and 70 points. But I was reading his penalty minutes. He only had 43 points this year. It's like, well, (laughs) I don't think that's quite good enough.
1: Like, No, it's – and he he's never really had this super high-scoring season. Now, I think he does get screwed out of power play time because his team is so good. But even his five-on-five offensive numbers have never been – Jumping off the page, exactly. So,
0: um, all right. Did you have any other honorable mentions you want to throw down?
1: I had uh, a former Sen and a current Sen yeah, just outside too, with Duchene and Norris.
0: Yep, that's a good one. I Duchene was on my long list, and so was Norris in terms of the thirty-something names I wrote down. And uh, Norris, I just wasn't quite there with yet. and Duchene, I kind of docked because he's had one really, really good year last year in which I thought a high shooting percentage kind of drove that. And then he's been just fine for a couple of years before that.
1: Yeah. Which is more than fair. Norris, I think absolutely belongs on this list. If he can sustain like 98th percentile shooting, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to see him do it again.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, it's something where it's like, okay, we need to see this over a longer sample. And then if you are one of the 10 best shooters
1: in the league, you deserve to be on this list. Yeah, exactly. If you're a, Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into the top 20 then. Um, I'll let you go first. So, first, I had a name that I really struggled with uh, JT Miller.
0: Okay, I had him. He was, I don't think I had him on my top 20 now that I'm looking at it. That's, I had him on my, he was another one where he was in the long list and then got down to about the last six or seven names. And I think I uh, took him off.
1: Yeah, which is fair. He's aggressively overrated by some, but he still is a very good player, obviously. Bit of a power play merchant, but he's still good at evens, too. Yeah, so the
0: biggest struggle I had, and why I, I feel like I'm wrong to not have him on the list, he had so many points last year that, like, I feel like maybe when I was... because So, I don't know about you, it, It's I find it really hard to try and balance, like, Gar versus points. Yeah. Because I think, well, I mean, I don't think I know the common fan and even the common just analyst who hates advanced stats just looks at normal points and treats that like advanced stats people treat like Gar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. That is exactly how they use it.
0: Right. So like, obviously the common fan, if you want to say, or even just analyst, I think way overuses points, but I do think when it comes to analytically speaking, they almost get underrated sometimes.
1: Yep. Yeah, they absolutely do. Cause we have to spend so long being like, like, when I was watching the draft, they were talking about how the the Canucks have one player you build a franchise around, and it's JT Miller. It's like, no, it's Elias Pettersson, not JT Miller. And we have to spend so much time pushing back on stupid stuff like that that you forget to say, oh, well, his war still is in the same tier as a whole bunch of guys that are on this list.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, even if I don't think he's going to get those points again, he did have them this past year, which is a valuable thing to... Two of a crew, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, he still did it. We saw him good once.
0: Exactly. And it's kind of the same idea with, like, Patrick Kane and Narga. And, like, I've, I'm i one of Patrick Kane's biggest, you know, the people push back on his true value the most. But it's like, at the same time, even if he is a power play merchant, the power play is a critical part of the game. Hugely valuable. Right? So um I, I feel like maybe I should have had JT Miller on this list. And he was a guy where it was like, he was definitely there in my list and then i just never really wrote him down and i'm kind of thinking that might be a mistake but i'll I'll stick with it
1: yeah and that's fair he gets punished a little bit for being a center too because he's Mm -hmm. kind of a power play merchant there's enough centers in the league that you don't have to put a power play merchant on this list if you don't want to
0: yeah for sure if he was a winger i think he would absolutely be on the top
1: 20 list Yeah. And again, he is good at five on five, but let's be honest that the point totals that everybody loves from him are driven exclusively by the power play.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, My number 20 was kind of a guy where I feel like this season, the reason I had him 20, his numbers were better than even some players that are slightly ahead of him in terms of Gar and even like raw point totals. But I think he was the third best player on his line, and that's why he's down at 20. And I could even hear an argument for not having him on the list, but it's a lie for
1: Yeah, I had him 17 for the exact same reason. Like, his raw numbers are way better than a lot of people really high on this list. But he was aggressively mediocre for, like, six seasons, and then he's magically good when he plays on that line. Color Mm -hmm. me skeptical.
0: Yeah, me too. And it's like, there is, you need talent to be able to play with skilled players, but not as much as, you know, driving your own line. So I'm going to be curious to see how he looks with different but also possibly still very skilled players if he plays with Huberto this year, um, and also or if you know his if his um, teammates the quality of teammates drops off significantly, how badly does his stats drop off slash play driving numbers? Because it can go the other way too, right? Where you know I don't think he's going to have eighty two points in eighty two games this upcoming year, which he did last year. But yeah. if he's still a sixty point guy who can drive play at a one, like is a one C driving play on for that Flames team. Maybe I'll think of him even higher, more highly than I do right now. But until I see that, I just, again, I can't know.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think this lines up where his only other monster point total season was the last time Goudreau played like an MVP too in yeah. calgary so it'll be really interesting to see him do it without that what do you think of his defensive numbers because i know he gets like selkie votes and stuff i
0: they're but, oh i think that's overrated i don't think yeah
1: he, his on ice numbers are meh yeah like they're that's fine risky. but they're not selkie level that's for sure i kind of feel like it's just the classic center bias defensively where that line puts up good defensive results and people are just like man <laughs> go Lindholm.
0: yeah exactly Especially because he's got the least points, so he must be the best defensively. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Whereas in reality, like, so in 2018-19, he was unreal defensively. Uh, I'm just using isolated
1: 5v5 impact from bids. Yeah, um, his RAPM was good too. Yeah,
0: 2019-20, he was very solid defensively, but nothing offensively. Um, 2020 and 2021 was similar, where, you know, minus 1.7% expected goals against. So it's good defensively, minus 5.6% expected goals for. So they didn't do much offensively when he was on the ice. And then this year, he was plus one defensively, yeah, 1%, sorry. So he's like, this was his worst defensive year in since 2014-15. and he was getting selfish. Yeah. So I just, I don't really think that should play an impact, but also a point-per-game centerman who uh, was on one of the top teams in the league, fair enough,
1: too. Yep, still valuable. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, All right, let's go. I'll go My19 then if you have uh, your 20 and 17 already on the list. Eh. yeah. My19 was a guy who, again, I docked him a little bit because I haven't really seen him be the guy on his own team, and it's Sam Reinhardt.
1: Yeah, he was one I struggled with.
0: His war numbers are all very, very strong. Well, and maybe maybe I shouldn't punish him for this, but like he's always got to play, or not always. Like Eichel was hurt for a little bit last year, but a lot of his career, he's got to play either behind Eichel or Barkov, yeah, or just one of those two guys. Which like, 30.
1: well, and that's the other thing. He's also a winger a lot, mm-hmm. which so, is tough.
0: I went back and forth. His numbers were so strong. I felt like I needed to include him on this list, but like, again, it's kind of a case where some of his like war numbers over the past couple of years are definitely better than the guys who I might even have like 12th or 13th on this list. But I just can't really fully buy into it because
1: he's always been the two C or a wing on his team. Well, that's what I really punished him for. It's like, I understand he has played center, but I'm also not 100% confident he is a center, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to his usage in Florida. I know it was a mix. I know in Buffalo, he was kind of used as a center because they needed him to, and then as Jack Eichel's wing because they had no one else good to play with Eichel, which I don't know if that's really his fault.
1: No, definitely not, but still. It means we haven't seen him do it, right?
0: Exactly. So. Um, yeah, I hit him at 19. Again, it's a guy where it's like, if you really want to tell me, like, Savannah Jad, Hurdle, or Barzell are better than Reinhardt, I'm not going to argue with you uh, about that at all.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I left him off because of the positional thing. But I think on merit, he's probably better than uh, Miller, for sure, who I have on this list.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, who did you have at 19, then?
1: Uh, Thomas Hurdle.
0: Okay. So there, there we go. And and again, yeah. Like I think if you're excluding Katuri and Barzell, cause I just didn't know what to put with them hurdle would have been 22 on my ranking. So.
1: Yeah. So right in that range of, you know, good, good, but not in. elite.
0: Yeah, exactly. You probably want someone close to hurdle on this list in terms of like, if you're going to be a really good team, you probably need another guy in the 21 to 32 range.
1: Yeah, exactly. And It's kind of a pick your poison. I was looking through this with the evolving hockey, like goals above replacement. There's a glut of centers around the like 30 goals above replacement cutoff over the past three years and hurdles one of them. So it's like pick your poison from there and pretty comfortable going with a guy who's played on San Jose instead of, you know, like Tavares is in that range, but uh, William Nylander is significantly better than anyone Hurdle's been playing with over that. And so is Marner over that range kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, for sure, it's uh, the quality of teammate doesn't exactly go Hurdle's way on this. So, you know, the fact that he's still keeping up with some very talented players is telling. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. Um, All right, at 18, this felt low for him, but this is another guy where I've docked because he hasn't really stayed healthy too much. But I feel like he should be way higher than this if he does give just another year healthier. So it's Elias Patterson.
1: Yeah, I have Patterson a bit higher, but I could definitely see that.
0: My biggest drawback, and it's kind of the same idea with Couturier, um, but to a lesser degree, because I'm more confident Patterson can put a healthy season together. He's only 23. It's just, again, we he only played 26 games last year. And then he had 80 games this year where, he was insane shooting the puck, um, but his underlying numbers weren't quite as strong. Like just over the three-year sample, it, it hasn't looked as strong as some other guys, but every time he's healthy, he does put up point. So I feel like this is one where it's like, if he puts up one more healthy year where he's a point-per-game player he could ease and has the good possession numbers, he could easily shoot up to like top 10 on this list.
1: Yeah, we just need to see it again. I have them higher because I have, question marks about basically everyone up until Pedersen on this list so I just gave it to the guy who's had like a top three season in war kind of thing.
0: Yep, that's fair and again like it's the it helps that it's happened like he's only in the fourth year of his career
1: and he's so young, yeah. It's like I'm sure the age is more on his side than a lot of these other guys like a Lindholm or whatever. Like Lindholm was way better than Pedersen last year but I think Going into next year, Pedersen's probably a better bet or at least close to it.
0: Yeah. And when I originally started this list, I had Pedersen at 11. So, like, and again, I that's exactly
1: where I have him.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I could be convinced he should still be there. I just docked him a little bit because his rolling three years numbers just haven't been as strong because he hasn't been able to stay on the ice as much as
1: other guys. Yeah. I get that. And like I said, the only reason I kept him there was because. I have significant questions about everyone on this list up until specifically Pedersen.
0: Yeah. And Which, then you get to fair. pure like, certainties. I think if we look forward to next year, you having him at 11 is going to make a lot more sense than me having him at 18.
1: Yeah. Well, and maybe that shooting dries up and we're both like, wow, two years yeah. in a row. Now he doesn't even belong on the list. That's but also, also true. So maybe the shooting comes back and we're like, yeah, he just finished like sixth and war and we're pretty comfortable that he's top 10 center guaranteed.
0: Yeah, and I feel okay betting on a guy who's already had a t- like two other 25-plus goal seasons, like 28 yeah. and 27 his first two years. It's not like he was a 15-goal scorer who suddenly shot forty or 30- 20% and is now a 40-goal scorer.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's not cheat you out there or whatever. And fact, this is well, maybe not the best way to think about these lists, but the upside's a lot higher with him than like a sure. home or whatever.
0: I've struggled with that a lot too where it's like, I dock some guys for like being injured or whatever, but then I'm also giving guys credit for their upside. It's like, well, I feel like I shouldn't do that, but also it's my list. So I don't really care.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not an exact science.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, so his shooting percentage uh, in his rookie year was 19.4%. Second year, 16.7. Last year, 15.9 in just 26 games. This year, 16.7 again. So technically he's on his, Shooting percentages past year is under what his career is at 17.3. Which is crazy. Yeah, which is just, yeah, absolutely insane. But um, so if you told me that he is a 15% shooter again next year, scoring 30-ish goals, then I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable for him. All right, who do you have at 11 then?
1: At, uh, you mean 18? uh, 18, sorry. I I I I was writing Patterson down 11 for you. Yeah, this is where I put Katurier. I was like, yeah, don't know yeah. really what to do with him. I'm sure if he still plays, it will be great, though.
0: I think this is a fair spot. And again, like, yeah, I had him right the 21 range kind of thing where if he would have stayed a little more healthy over the past two years, I think this is kind of where he would be because he did have a down year this past year. Yep. But he just didn't get to play much either, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he had... Uh, he's
1: missed a ton of time in the past yeah, he
0: played 29 think, games right? this year. yeah and like last year's a shortened season but he only had 45 last year too so he still
1: missed like a fifth of the season last year as well yeah so he, he he kind of falls down the list of these like cumulative output metrics but when he does play he's still an amazing play driver all over the ice
0: yeah and, and again another guy where i bet like if he can get a full bill of health I wouldn't be shocked if he's closer to 11 or 12 on this
1: list that next year than a guy on the fringe. Yeah. Yeah. I would just take being healthy, which we'll yeah,
0: see. Yeah, 100%. So, um, all right. And then you had Lynn Holm at 17.
1: Yeah. At 17, I had Robert Thomas. Okay. I have him like three spots higher, but this is the, this is the range.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I texted you about a couple guys because when I was looking at St. Louis's roster, they had a billion guys listed as centermen. Um, So we decided we would count Robert Thomas as a center, but not Jordan Cairo for anyone listening. Um, Not my only St. Louis blue centerman on this list, regardless. Me neither. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. Um, Yeah. I don't like, I think we talked about it maybe when that contract was signed, because he signed the eight by eight this off season, but um, it feels like more than what he's shown in terms of like, Usually guys just get paid for what they've done, not what they projected. This feels like one where St. Louis is definitely paying where they're projecting him. But I think that's fair because he's getting paid like a projected top 15 center. And that's kind of what I see him being over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, that seems like the range for him. There's a little bit of fear that this year was driven by an extremely high PDO, which at least part of it almost certainly was. But he's been outperforming his XG his entire career, so it's not as big of a concern with him as it would be for some guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he's had a, a number of years where his like goals above replacement and stuff have been very strong too. Like he had a sixteen point eight this year. Um, yeah. He had four point five last year, which again sounds very underwhelming when you compare this year. But he played thirty three games last year compared to the seven two he had this year. So. And yeah, then... for sure.
1: And there's also the caveat where it's like everything we do publicly probably underwrites passers, and he is one of the best passers in the league. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: um, and, and pretty solid defensively. He's had a mixed bag of results, but he hasn't been bad defensively by any means
1: either. Yeah, there's value on average when you're that good offensively. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. that
0: Yeah, that is who I had at 17. So, we are on to 16. Who did you have? Uh, I got Rupe. Okay. Um, I had him a little higher up
1: this list. We're, okay. Where'd you have Rupe?
0: I had him where you had Pedersen at 11.
1: Okay. That's pretty... I, I think I underrate the hell out of Rupe. I didn't realize how good of a... Him and even uh, Robertson, too, are in Dallas because I don't care about the Dallas Stars at this point, but those two players are fantastic.
0: It is the exact same with me. I did not... If you would have told me how high hints would have been on a list like this before heading in, I wouldn't have even told you I knew he was a center. I thought he was a winger, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, that's fair, because the, there's no his, reason to pay attention to them. Literally. But his, his offensive numbers are through the charts. Like, he's such a good offensive player. And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things where I wish I could be like, if you that or listen to casts like, I, I definitely watch a lot of hockey. Um, I watch a ton of almost every Senators game I can, but then I try and, like, mix in other teams, too, where, like, I think my goal is usually to watch the good teams at least 10 times a year. So usually I get them two or three times just watching them play Ottawa or whatever. And then even bad teams, I want to watch four or five, just so I've seen players, right? Yep. Yeah, this is one I could just never motivate myself. But every time I listen to, like, Dimitri Sholopovic talk about them, he's just in love with everything that Hintz does because he was the only fun thing to watch in Dallas. Him, Robertson, and Pavelski, like –
1: yeah, watching Dallas Stars games as a East Coast hockey fan is the most uh, – hockey is my full-time job luxury in the world.
0: Yes, exactly. So, um, but yeah, like he's been just so good offensively over the past couple of years where, um, you know, at driving play. And, like, he hasn't been bad defensively or anything. But, um, you know, he kind of moves the needle there in Dallas. And especially over the past two seasons, really has taken that role forward. Um, so, you know, I, I had him up at 11 – can't remember where he ranked in points. It wasn't super high for a guy. Yeah, he had 72 in 80 games, which isn't nothing by any means. Um, But obviously, you know, lower than like John Tavares had more points than that this year. Kuznetsov, who I didn't even – he was on my very long list, but he was closer to 30
1: still for me than anything else. Yeah, I didn't even consider. Well, I thought about Kuznetsov for like a split second. I was like, yeah, no.
0: Yeah, my biggest problem is Kuznetsov is he was so poor the previous couple of years. One good season. And that's to say, I don't have Kadri on my list. For anyone wondering.
1: Yeah, I, any don't, idea I don't. Where
0: Kadri had 87 points in 71 games. Absolutely phenomenal season. But he was just so mediocre for two previous years.
1: Yeah, and even Kuznetsov' underlying numbers sucked last year. Yeah, his was actively bad. Like,
0: it, like that looked <laughs> like a bottom five contract in the league for a little bit. So, yeah. But... But, yeah, so he didn't have, you know, the point totals of maybe some of the guys ahead of him or anything, but his play-driving numbers just been so smooth. And on a team where it's not like they have – they're not, like, void of talent, but they don't have a ton of talent. And, like, especially with Segan and Jamie Benn taking steps backwards and, and just not being healthy or available, like, he's also gotten tougher matchups. So, you know, doing that with the limited resources it feels like he has has been so impressive.
1: Yeah, it's been – it's been fantastic because that team's so unwatchable. And the only pushback would be like Hins did randomly become good when Robertson showed up. But like you can't expect a guy who's not top five on this list to produce with no line mates. Even yeah. Sido, who everybody has really high in this list, doesn't produce when he's playing with horrible line mates.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, the other thing with that as well is um, it's not like Hins had a massive sample size without a Robertson either. Like he played, yeah, yeah only, he was never horrible without him or whatever. No, and he'd only played his age 22 and 23 seasons without him, where he was averaging 14 minutes a game and then got the promotion playing 18 minutes a game as a 24 and 25 year
1: old, right? So, yeah, it's not like Lindholm where he played like six years before Goodrow was aggressively average and then snapped his fingers and became a point per game player. Yeah, exactly. So, um,
0: all right, there is 16 for you. My 16, I had. Yeah, a guy felt a little low, but only one spot lower than last year for me, and that's Sebastian Aho.
1: Yeah, I don't know a few spots higher just due to we've at least seen him play because I got a guy like Thomas uh, around this range and Rupe. There's a bigger sample size on Ajo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he was definitely more of a – I feel like he's a lower ceiling, higher floor kind of guy for this list.
1: Yeah, he's his numbers were not nearly as good as I expected when I started dig into this. They're still no. great, obviously, but they're not like world beating good. He's they're just not. been consistently,
0: yeah, good, very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're not like they're never really elite, but they're always just like very, very good, like right on the borderline almost. You know?
1: Yeah, I remember back when I used to always have these like player evaluation models, I would always use the color blue because I would always color code it from like the 30 to 60 range. And he seems like a perma blue player.
0: Yeah, that seems about right. Like just the 15th ish best center in the league, but like 30th best when you add in some wingers and some defensemen or whatever.
1: Yeah. Like we've never really seen him close to top five or whatever, but we've never really seen him be bad since he's been a full-time NHL player either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it depends what you weigh for, like, certainty versus upside.
0: Yeah, where I think there is, like, arguments to be made that, like, guys on this list, like, even a Robert Thomas probably have the upside to have, like, a one-off much better season than Aho. And especially a guy like Patterson, too. But, like, if you're giving it the gar over three years or whatever, Aho's might even out.
1: Yes, exactly. Or, like... I think him versus, like, a Jack Hughes is interesting, too, because if things break right, break right for Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes is, like, three on this list next time we see him play. But it's also, like, he may not even belong on it over a full season again kind of thing, where at least Aho, we know belongs.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, like, with Aho, it's one of those things where... <laughs> I have a hard time balancing. I keep getting that scoring was way up this year. Because I look and I see a guy like him with like 81 points. I go, holy. And it's like but like everyone scored a lot this
1: year. Yeah, that's fewer points than Du Yeah, like
0: and then so I don't know how to balance as well because like, who
1: gets a lot of power play time too. Yeah, on a good team too. Like yeah. But yeah, well, that's Cap- the other thing is they're like a play driving factory and his play driving numbers aren't amazing either.
0: No, like I was, I was honestly lower on him. I thought he might be a guy where I have in the top 10 and I was like 16 almost feels high at times for him. But like, because he's been so steady, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I had him 12, just a little more weight to the certainty aspect, but I get down him.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to be curious what his shooting percentage is because last year it was 16.2, but he didn't shoot or well yeah he did shoot a lot he had 24 goals and then this year 16.7 he had 37 goals in almost 25 more games i guess um 79 games this year 56 last year so if he's again his career average is 14.8 if he's a, around a career 15 shooter and you can pencil him in for 30 or 35 goals that's very useful but if he dips down to like the 11 or 12 percent that he had in the first three years of his career he suddenly becomes a 25-23 goal scorer and that's a little less useful, you know?
1: Yeah, suddenly. You know, it's great, but in the context of a top 20 centers list, it's it's not special.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we have a couple names up top of the list, but uh here is our 16 to 20 then I have Aho 16, Robert Thomas 17, Elias Peterson 18, Sam Reinhardt 19. Elias Lindholm 20. You have Rupe Hint 16, Elias Lindholm 17, Sean Couturier 18, Thomas Herthill 19, and JT Miller 20. So um, a lot of similar names have been thrown out, especially when you include the honorable mentions in
1: here. Um, who do you have at 15? At 15, I have the guy I struggled most to rank on the entire list with Jack Hughes.
0: I have him one spot
1: higher at 14. Okay, that's surprisingly even for how uncertain I was about this. This is a Um, huge bet on upside.
0: Yes, it is. And I think that's why he is probably here with using both of our logic. I'll let you go first, and then I'll see if it's the same.
1: Yeah, so Jack Hughes, over point per game player, fantastic at everything. But uh, we've really only seen him put it together for one 150 game season. So like I said, there's a non-zero chance Jack Hughes is like five on this list next year. It's also non-zero chance. If he doesn't perform well, we don't even. I don't even think he deserves like consideration for this list, which is tough to rank relative to a guy like Ajo, who we know belongs in this general range, but absolutely does not have that upside.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like I was so high on his upside last year that I had him at 18 on my list already. Pretty good call. Huge bank on upside, considering he had 31 points in 56 games. But yeah, like his season this year was so. I didn't even realize how good he was when he got healthy again. Because he started off on the tear. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be great when he gets back. It's like, oh, we'll see. And then, yeah, he was just amazing. He had 56 uh, points in 49 games.
1: Yeah. And he was – all of his underlying stuff was fantastic. Very good player. But – It's 50 games. Yeah. And part of – like, if Jack Hughes – was just even if he was just like an ordinary first round pick, not just a guy with like Patrick Kane was his closest comparable, it'd be a little harder to stomach. But all of our priors are great. We've seen it in flashes, well independently. I mean,
0: we've even seen more constant development throughout every year that he's played now,
1: too, right? Like yeah, you've seen that linear trend. Which doesn't necessarily
0: mean it's gonna keep going, but even if it stays the same if he plays slightly worse than what he did for the back half of this past year, like that's still a very, very
1: good player. It's an insanely good player. Yeah. Cause he struggled in his rookie year, puts together a decent play driving year, the year year after. And then this year, everything pops and we just need to see it again.
0: Yeah. Zero
1: penalties. this year, (laughs) Which is very impressive. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. Like that's actually kind of insane. I
0: wonder how many other guys could say they played 48 games in, 48 plus games in like top
1: line minutes and could do the same. I I can't imagine there were more than two, if that. Not many. And this, the Hughes one also speaks to when I said Couturier and having like questions about everyone up and down this list. Like Hughes is a gigantic question mark.
0: Yeah. Like literally, he could honestly be top five on top six on this list next year or
1: 25th, like. Yeah, easily. He could so do the I, Barzell thing where
0: I think the yeah. first
1: year we did this, I had Barzell like eight or something crazy like that. And he's just slowly fallen out of favor ever since.
0: Yeah, literally. I think we both had him probably top 10 in the first year or first two years. And then even last year we had 12 because it's like, well, you know, the New York thing, he's still a very good player. And this year he wasn't on either of our lists in terms of top 20.
1: Yeah, didn't even think that hard about him. So,
0: yeah, no, for sure. And it's... You know, I, I kind of want to. I, I have a feeling Hughes will be closer to top 10 than he will be off the list. But again, like you just mentioned, we've seen it before where I bet you we would have said that about Barzell as long It never came through. So,
1: yeah. Great and, New,
0: New Jersey's done a better job, I think, even just this offseason, of putting Hughes in a spot to succeed to get that value out of them than New York ever did with
1: Barzell. But absolutely. And also, pre draft Barzell was like, this guy could be a top five pick. Whereas Jack Hughes's numbers are like some of the best we've seen in the past 30 years.
0: Yeah. He was a slam dunk first overall pick, even in like a weaker draft. That's still very impressive. Right. So yeah, exactly. Um, all right. At 15, I had a guy who I really like, and I had on my list last year and he didn't actually rise too much, but I feel good about where I had him last year. Now it's Eric Sinek.
1: Okay. I like that. I had him in that honorable mention tier, but he was actually really good this year.
0: He's been, I saw him last year. And I remember that was one where you went, oh, wow. And I had to kind of sell my case on it. And I could make basically the same case as last year, where it's just like part of it, part of the issue I think I have putting him any higher than where he is now is that he also has the thing of like, he wasn't good until um,
1: Caprasov showed up.
0: Kaprosoft showed up, or not this good, anyways. Yeah. But also, when Kaprasov wasn't there, he was a 22, 23-year-old still trying to find his way into the league. So how much do I blame on him? He has definitely got the lowest point totals of any guy on this list. Like, he only had 49 points in 77 games. That's not popping off the page to you at all. But he's nope. also so strong defensively and just, like, possession-wise that um, I felt I still need to have him on this list.
1: Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. He's a very Minnesota wild player. Mm -hmm. I was going for more of the offensive upside for this list, but I could definitely see having him there. I think, again, you know how I mentioned that, like 30 goals above replacement over the past three years range? Yeah. I think he's another one of those guys Mm -hmm. who's in that range because there's like 25 of them. And his last year was like so strong
0: that I just like – so the the biggest selling point for me why I had to have him on my list last year was – He was plus 20% in expected goals for by evolving hockey's model or uh, hockey business model at 515. Or just like uh,
1: um, isolate. His isolated impact. Yeah, Yeah, which is crazy Um, XG impact.
0: Yeah. And then minus 8.8% expected goals against. This year, he was plus 8.3 expected goals for, which is still insanely good and minus 3% expected goals against. So... Drift down, obviously, but he has been a great defensive player for five years now in this league. He hasn't dipped below four and a half percent until this year.
1: Yeah, he's always been a great defensive player. The scheme does worry me a little bit because a lot of people are really good in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think, but he's like even more aggressive than most players in
1: Minnesota. So
0: even if you want to say he's a true two percent, you know, above, like that's still a very good player.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I was thinking more just like the coaching aspects of it because they would be teammate adjusted so he's clearly one of the good wild at it even mm-hmm. if he does benefit from that
0: yeah for sure um but yeah I that's right. Derek's in that key goes up two spots on my list this year and then I have he was at 14 so I believe uh, you had Robert Thomas at 14 correct yeah all right so we all have our four we both have our 14 down uh 13 neither of us have listed I don't believe uh mine was a guy who much like in that Erickson Eck range, I think he's really good at defensive. Uh, you know, has been known to be a good defensive center. Um, but also had points that the reason I have him over Erickson X is he has the points to go with it, not trying O'Reilly.
1: Okay. I've I have O'Reilly ten because O'Reilly's the first player I don't have a question mark about.
0: That's fair. I would say my only real question mark with him has just been age kind of.
1: Where- yeah, it is age. Absolutely
0: which at the same time isn't exactly fair to him to dock him too too much. But I I thought that, you know, like last year, I thought he took a bit of a downswing in terms of that that bubble season. Like he wasn't bad by any means. He just wasn't his normal, like goat defensive self.
1: Crazy good self. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which it did bounce back this year, but his offense dropped off a little in terms of driving play. So, uh, but yeah, like he's again, Joel Eriksson, but older. He's been unreal defensively basically every year of his career, including some, like, stupid underrated years in the early 2010s.
1: Oh, yeah, he's absolutely freaking insane. On all the draft stuff I do, he's, like, the sixth best player in the entire data set.
0: Yeah, like, he's just – he's such a good, reliable player. It's the best way I can put it.
1: Yeah, he's 99th percentile outcome for Ericsson because he's had that offensive upside, too.
0: Yeah, and, like – it's not like you know. I say he has more points. He only had like ten more points in the same amount of games. Ericksonek. So it's not like he's just outscoring the lights out of this guy either. He had fifty-eight points in seventy-nine games. Ericksonek or seventy-eight games. Sorry, Ericksonek had forty-nine and seventy-seven. So like, I think it's almost a, a really good comparable to the two.
1: Yeah, it is a good comparable, and it's that's because that's not nearly an insurmountable gap. No, especially with six years in between the two, right? So yeah. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of – like Aho. he's like similar to Aho, in which I'm like really certain he's really good. But again, we could see Hughes being a five on this list. There's no way O'Reilly's going up this list. Like I felt kind of gross to have him here, but I was just like, eh. He's yeah. to be that good.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like I think the thing that helps with O'Reilly is we have seen him be that good for like 26-game sample in the playoffs when they won the cup.
1: Yeah. But yeah. that was – He's got an MVP and – that was already four years ago. Which is wild. It's
0: absolutely <laughs> It just does not feel
1: like that long ago.
0: Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, like, I don't really see O'Reilly going up. But at the same time, you know, for St. Louis, he's still such a good player, especially defensively now, where it's, like, even if his offense keeps dropping off a little bit, like, he's so good defensively, you can put him in those tough matchups and just say, don't, like, just survive, and that's good enough.
1: Exactly. Go survive play him to evens because you're that good defensively and he'll never take a penalty kind of thing. Perfect. Exactly. Um, who did you have at, 13? at 13 at 13? I had somebody who I struggled to rank now that I, I said, Hughes this might be the most difficult one. Uh, Jack Eichel. I had him at 10. Okay. That's so again, like the upside of Eichel. It's way higher than Ryan O'Reilly, but I would like them to see to see him play hockey games.
0: Absolutely, and that's why I only in him at ten because I think he's probably the fifth or sixth best, like most talented centerman. Like I could make an argument on just pure, if we're ignoring sample size, he's fifth probably. Or like, like you can make an argument, not saying he is. But yep.
1: Well, well, like, remember how stupid good his micro stats were in Buffalo and even his counting stats. Like, if you apply that to a good hockey team, he might be better than Sidle. Yeah,
0: like, exactly. So, but we haven't seen him play. And and so I bumped him down a few spots. Me and, and you both had him in eight last year. And it was the same idea last year where it's like, we still haven't seen him play necessarily enough or on a good team. Well, he got on a good team this year and looked amazing while he was on the team, but he just didn't. We haven't seen enough of the sample size yet, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and it sucks for him that he missed last year, too. It's like, we've barely seen this guy what? play hockey over the past two seasons. He has 56-game played over the past two seasons. Yeah, which is like, what can you, you just what can't can you, you tell in that him, sample? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was amazing the year before, but and he's added in the injury and stuff. So even in the games we did see, how much do you really know? And yeah, he's a, he's a tough player.
0: Yeah, and, and especially last year, he's playing on the shit-ass Buffalo team. Like, Yep. That's been shit for the seventh oh. year in a row with him.
1: The entire time they had him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's just tough. I, again, this is one where I, I fully, if he stays healthy this year, I will fully believe that he could be fifth, probably. Maybe even higher, but.
1: Yep. Like, just need to see it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um. all right. I think, so if I'm not mistaken, you have Pedersen 11, O'Reilly 10, Ajo 12,
1: correct? Yep.
0: Okay. So I have Hintz 11, Eichel 10. So my 12 is the only one I don't. I'm curious. I'm thinking you might not have this guy on your list then.
1: Joe Pavelski is who I have at 12. Okay. So I have him as a winger.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I figured yeah. I wasn't sure if I should ask or not, but one of the sites i am is just a pure centerman. And I couldn't really I think it was NHL.com had enlisted as a pure centerman, which maybe I shouldn't be trusting them. But you would think the league would have something along that. But
1: yeah, it's pretty sad that the league just says everyone's a center. I know he does, like, take face-offs. But Hockey I'm, DB I had a list of as, pure that center could be as wrong. well.
0: So that's why I went off of that. But it wouldn't surprise me if he slid to the wing as well. But, yes, I have him listed as a center, so that's why he's on this list for me. Um, regardless, uh, I have him up at 12 simply. So much, because he, and, like, 12 almost felt low, but I I felt like I was projecting on him a little bit just because – his age and like we're seeing this so late into his career that I still don't know how much to put into like an almost point per game season when
1: scoring was up. I lost you for a second there.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, I was just saying that I, the reason I have, like, so I have him as a center. So that's obviously why he's on my list then and not yours. Um, Yeah. The reason I have, I feel like I'm projecting onto him a little because we've seen this, like him be so good this late in his career, which like means like I, Rightfully or wrongfully, I'm probably discounting an almost point per game season at like when scoring's been up league wide because he's 38 when doing it.
1: Yeah, he's super weird because, especially because like his prime was underrated too. Yeah. And then he was a top like 10 player at points in his career. So him aging this well probably shouldn't surprise as many people as it does.
0: But he also, yeah, and then I don't know if it's just the first year in Dallas that surprised because he had 31 points in 67 games in that first year in Dallas. And that's the year they made the cup run in the bubble. And yeah. everyone's like, see, this is why they went and got him because he had 19 points in 27 cup games and 13 goals. He was a force to be reckoned with. It wasn't for the, the regular season points. You could throw those out. I like, well, no, like those are still underwhelming. But then he went up and put 51 points in 56 games and 81 and 82. So. I don't know. Like he's just been a 60 to 70 point guy lately. And again, he's one of the four good players on Dallas. So that's why I hit him up
1: at 12. Yeah, I respect that. I definitely would have had him on the list if I had him as a center. And he does drive the bus defensively. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure in Dallas.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. So again, he's kind of reminds me of Aho, but better. Where I don't think his ceiling, like he's never going to be like even with these two unreal years i don't think he's been a top 10 center by any means but like he's also just hasn't dropped off from like a top 20 other than maybe that first year in dallas
1: yeah he's just consistently been great and even if we've seen him be great for what like 15 years now yeah
0: yeah exactly so yeah um all right, so our we have all the way from 10 down, uh, 10, I have Eichel, then Hintz, Pavelski, O'Reilly, Hughes, Erickson, Ek, Aho, Robert Thomas, Elias Pettersson, Sam Reinhardt, Elias Lindholm. You have at 10, Ryan O'Reilly, then Pettersson, Aho, Eichel, Robert Thomas, Jack Hughes, Rupe Hintz, Elias Lindholm, Sean Couturier, Hertel, and JT Miller. So let's get into the top nine.
1: I I think the tiers are about to become really clear because I'm pretty sure we're going to have the exact same nine players in the top nine.
0: I think so as well. I'd be pretty surprised, I think.
1: Yeah, because O'Reilly, I didn't have question marks again about, but I felt gross having him at 10. It was really nine was the number where I was like, yep, these guys are in. And after that, I have no freaking idea.
0: Yeah. All right. Give me your nine. Uh, Steven Stamkos. So this is the first one we finally agree on. There we right go. On the there we go. Uh, I think last year it was when we pulled the list here. Last year was Barzell at 12 was the first name we agreed on. And then we had Eichel at eight. And then our whole top three was the same. And that was only five. But Stamkos is the first one on this list. And that feels exactly right.
1: Yep. Stamkos is what people think Patrick Kane is at this point.
0: Yep, Exactly. I like, will say, when doing this list, I was, like, surprised at how high I was on Stamco, or, like, the,
1: like that, just how good he's been. He's been ridiculous. And, like, like so gross. He, uh, like, just from watching him and everything, because obviously we all get to watch Stamco's a ton because of how what much Tampa plays in the playoffs. Like, I am convinced he's a passenger at this point, but I'm also convinced he's the best passenger in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a passenger that puts up 106 points, I'll take
1: that passenger on my team any day of the year. Yeah, maybe the only better passenger is uh, Dreisaitl when he plays with McDavid. <laughs> like, Yeah. like, he, like He's I just mean, so good at that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's all they need him to do, which is awesome, because it, it looked like for a couple of years there was the point where he was just not going to be able to do it. Because even like in 18-19, they got swept. He had two points in four playoff games. He had 98 points in 82 games that year. The following year, he had 66 and 57 games. A season got cut short, of course, but only played one game in the playoffs where he took the one shift, scored the one goal, and couldn't play anymore, and they still won the cup without him. Yeah. And then even last year, like, quote-unquote, only 18 points in 23 games, but that was still like fifth, I think, on the team in scoring. He was just like the fifth or sixth most important player last year and only had 38 games played of the 56, where he hit 34 points. So for like a couple of years there, it kind of looked like he was just maybe winding down where he's going to start becoming less important to the team. And then this year, he casually put up 106 points over 81 games, was one of the only Tampa players to actually be healthy all year. And in the playoffs, like went above and beyond 19 points in 23 games. And there was times where he was driving that team along. Like he yeah. stopped being the passenger for a couple games in like that Leaf series and even the Florida one where I thought Kucherov was sleeping at times, Stamkos still looked amazing.
1: Yeah, there was early on in the Leaf series I was like, man, both Tavares and Stamkos look mediocre as hell right now. But uh, Stamkos, de- well, Tavares did too. They both definitely turned that around. Stamkos to a greater degree.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was almost like surprised how high I had him, but I was like, to me, this was. The, because so for me Eichel marked where it was like high upside I feel okay about it but there's definitely so much question because we haven't seen him I yep. couldn't have him any I couldn't have Eichel higher than this because Stamkos was the first guy where I was like no Stamkos has been so good that no amount of potential upside from Eichel matches what Stamkos has done
1: has been able to do absolutely and a lot of Stamkos's value at this point is driven by uh his really high shooting percentage, but we've seen him now sustain a 17% shooting percentage over like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, This is as real as it's ever going to get. He's just a god at this.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so,
0: yeah, I think that's that's a perfect spot to have him where, you know, he obviously isn't the play driver, but he's so good and doesn't need to be the one driving the bus uh, at all points for this team that it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely right. can. Let's
0: see if we got another one. Who's the eighth?
1: I have Brighton Point. Oh, okay. I have him, I own six. Okay. So yeah, so same, it is going to be the exact same names here, I think.
0: Yeah, same tier for me though. Where six to eight, six to nine, really, um, were kind of the guys where I could I could see in any argument. I think Stamkos maybe was a clear nine for me, but It was also so good where it's like if you want to say but points and shooting percentage, I might lean a little bit. But yeah, for me like any guy from even five maybe to eight is kind of interchangeable. Um, and point fits right in that list where he was so good for a couple of those playoff runs. And it, it sucks that he got hurt during this one, but he was so good during some of those playoff runs that maybe I'm unfairly rating, you know, just how not mediocre, but compared to the rest of the names on this list, his point totals have been in the regular season.
1: Yeah. And his play driving numbers have been good for me point. It's just uh how you weight things because point out of the past three years, his worst year was this most recent year from a mm-hmm. play driving perspective. Yep, and he, maybe if the orders flip suddenly he's way higher, right? Yep.
0: Absolutely. He didn't have an amazing year, especially for his standards this year. Um, you know, he, he had 58 points in 66 games and just honestly, like, scoring
1: my, skyrocketing
0: literally. And like, I don't want my fantasy team. And I just like, what like, I almost made dropping him at one point. I was like, what on earth is like, there's just, because obviously fantasy, you don't get anything good for play driving.
1: Yeah. It doesn't count our APM uh, goals for, for some reason. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, (laughs) so
0: two years ago in the same amount of games played 66, he had 64 points. So six more points. And then last year he had 48 and 56. And you know, four years ago he had a 92 and 79. So he's another one where like, it wouldn't shock me if he jumps back up even your list to to five again, because I think at this point, so if anyone's curious, so last year you had, I had 0.5, you had him 6. So this year item 6, you have him 8. So um, okay. for reference, last year you had Stamkos 18 and I had him 20, which is how much of a jump he's made this year, which 106-point season will do that.
1: It will work. I'm a little surprised we had him on the list at all, to be honest. I'm, I'm proud of us for that one, because I think you could have made a pretty good argument to disclude him last year.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, we're both kind of like, well, he's been so hurt, but every time he's been healthy, we've seen him be
1: good, so we can't take him off just yet. Yeah, he's still Steven Stamkos, which seemed to work well. The playoffs probably helped, too.
0: Yeah, which I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, he had an amazing season this year, right? So it's not like where I would say the opposite of this list would be uh, an Evgeny Malkin, who you had at 16 and I didn't have on the list, but he wasn't healthy again this year, so you can't have him.
1: No, but he's just gone
0: right exactly so um and even like a guy like Anze kopitar who had a pretty solid year this year not top five worthy no unless unless you have a shot name up here but no no exactly so like yeah we neither of them had him on our list this year and i had him as an honorable mention last year You 18 or 17 and i don't think kopitar had a bad year this year by any means he just wasn't quite as good as some of the
1: other names yeah, he's definitely in that tier where I was talking about where it's like, there's like 25 guys once he mm-hmm. gets in the same level. And
0: him and Danone kind of in the same, like, where if you want to yep. convince me either of them was in that 20 to 30 range, I'm like, yep, yeah, that seems right, which is a good thing for a team to have two of them. They're just not one of them to me
1: stood out enough to be a Neither one, one. Absolutely. Like, if you want to go nuts saying that Kopitar is better than Thomas Erdl, but I'm not really going to argue yeah that's fine yeah me too exactly
0: um all right so then at eight i'm thinking i have a guy you're gonna have at seven or six
1: i had barkov at eight okay so i barkov six
0: okay yep so we switch point around i think we might have the same seven then but i'm gonna be curious to see
1: um i think we will too now
0: I, I love Barkov again. I, I could absolutely see him as high as six. Um, he's a funny one because he's been so overrated that, or so underrated, he got overrated, which I think he's now been so overrated maybe by everyone that he's probably become underrated by stats people again, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Shadow Cam. He is the best <laughs> finished player in the league.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. One of our friends is <laughs> trying to convince us that it was like Aho, Heiskanen. I think and- Heiskanen. Someone else was better than him who was also finished. And I was like, no, what are we doing here? He is the best finished player in the league. Um, Yeah, no, like 88 points in 67 games this year. Drive play – was driving play again um, at a very solid rate. Like, you know, if I remember correctly, even was good defensively again this year. Um, Because that was the other thing. He got this rep of being, like, unreal defensively for – and for the past three years, he really hasn't. But this year, he was good (laughs) again.
1: He did it, like, once or twice as a rookie and sophomore and then his defensive numbers went to shit, but his point totals went up and everybody was like, look, he's a great two-way center. It was a very weird, weird thing that happened.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like this year he was a very good two-way center and, you know, the points showed it. And again, I would say he's probably one of the guys like he's the main driver of that bus for that unreal Florida team. So um, yeah, having him at six to eight kind of range is absolutely where I think he is.
1: Yeah. I, I penciled him to six just cause he's been steadier than point. And then I think he has just age over the guy who I think we're going to have seven. Would that be one Sid the kid? That would be Sid the kid. Okay.
0: Nice. Nice. I, I'm, I'm carried. I'm getting excited now. Um, yeah, No, I, I think that's exactly fair as well. Where, um, If you ask who you want in a one-off game, if you're going to tell me Crosby, I think that is absolutely fair. But if you're projecting, especially projecting forward, even just for another season, like Barkov being 26, I believe, versus Sid being almost 36 now, it's just kind of hard to assume Crosby. You just have to wonder how long can Crosby keep up this top 10 center into his career. Like he's 34, turning turning 35 in five days from now.
1: The yeah, fact that he's still the seventh so best much. center
0: is insane.
1: It's nuts. And we saw in the playoffs, I'm pretty convinced Crosby at his best is the third best center in the league.
0: But yeah, he, he just can't do it for a prolonged time.
1: Exactly. Cause he's 35 and been injured his whole life and all of those things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think
1: that is absolutely fair. Um, I also had a lot of people push back. Cause I put Crosby, I had him like 17 when I tweeted this top 100 list, which I thought was pretty you know, fair-ish, and people lost their minds at me. It's like, I've it been the one defense was his point per game average didn't drop this year. I was like, so he's not declining. I was like, if sk- league scoring skyrockets and you stay the same, you've actually just proved your point to me.
0: Yeah, so the batting was too low.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I now seventeen teams about right again. Like, if we're, we're gonna have them both- seven at centers. Yeah, that, that just means you need five defense and five wingers. You feel better than him about, or you know, multiple of one versus the other. That seems reasonable. Doable.
1: Yeah, get six wingers, say, and you know, four defensemen. Seems that seems like a pretty good spot. I yeah, flipped I mean, him in point on list on this list too. So, yeah,
0: exactly. Like you have a pair of Boston wingers, Mark Stone, yeah, Marner,
1: Martian. Good. All right, you already said. Me. Uh, Godreau,
0: yeah, exactly. Kucherov,
1: Ranton, Cal McCarr,
0: Panarin defending how worried you are about his uh, underlying. We'll get to that next year, obviously, or next yeah. week, but next list, but, yeah. And then you got like McCarr, Fox, McAvoy, Hedman. yeah, McAvoy, exactly. Right? Like, there can you make go, make a case, and then there he's at 17. Yep, yeah, no, I I mean, people lost their n- nuts about that list, anyways. I couldn't believe how mad people were like that you had a guy 14th so instead funny. of 19th on a list or something like that.
1: It would have been more understandable if I like titled it something that was like super serious, not just, Hey, I'm bored in the off season. Here's a but list. <laughs> tier-
0: you even said they're like, these are tiered. So you can put anyone in this tier and I probably wouldn't have an argument. It's just like, and people are still like, why do you have caused me 17th and not 13th? It's like, well, if you look,
1: that's exactly the exact same, thing. same thing. Yeah. The one guy was like, uh, Oh, I actually wanted to talk to you about that list for one player. I think we DM'd about this. Did you even fucking consider Nick Suzuki no, for this list? No, there's there's a hundred A reply to that list. Got 150 likes saying, where's Nick Suzuki. I was like, man, I thought about him was like, absolutely not even close. Yeah. I was,
0: uh, I was actually going to bring that up because of the list. I was going to say, there is no Nick Suzuki on this list. And, like, I, I saw you've had a couple discussions with it because there was one of the Habs guys we follow as well, Nolan, I believe his name is. And, yep. you know, he was kind of trying to defend Suzuki a little. And his argument was reasonable, but, like, it still kind of came down to, okay, we're like, we have stats to kind of show this, and he still doesn't rate that great.
1: Yeah, I got him pretty good when I was, like, bringing up Kadri. And they're like, Kadri would obviously be this team's one seed. It's like, okay, if Nazem Kadri is obviously better than you, then you don't belong anywhere near this list. Yes, I,
0: I, I <laughs> fully agree.
1: Like, yeah. yeah like, I, I'm sure he will be better than his numbers look in the future or anything, but, like, let's relax a little bit on Suzuki right now.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: So, um, all
0: right, um, that was a bit, a bit, of, extended, <laughs> a bit but, of a detour. Um, yeah, so we both have Crosby at seven, so that means we had I had point uh, six Crosby seven Barkov eight Stamkos nine. You had Barkov six Crosby seven point eight Stamkos nine. So we just flipped point and Barkov. I'm really curious to see what's the top five, how much this matches up. I think one and two are going to be the same, but I'm curious about three, four, and five. Who do you have at five?
1: So honestly, I believe this player. Might be number three in my heart, but I didn't have the balls to put him number three because he's old as hell. Patrice Bergeron. We do him the same. I want to
0: put him <laughs> higher on this list, man. I just put in.
1: He was better than like, I guess we can stop being coy about it. It's very obvious that McKinnon and Dreisaitl Matthews McDavid. Um, he was better than at very least Dreisaitl and McKinnon this past year by a significant margin.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. Again, the thing I feel like Kind of pulls me back from Bergeron just a tad compared to the top four is that his line mates are so good. Now granted, it's, it's not like good. it's not like McKinnon's aren't or Matthews aren't or Drysital's aren't, but like even Drysital, he didn't play with McDavid near as much this year. Whereas Bergeron still got to play with one of Marchand and passback for like a hundred percent of his minutes.
1: Yeah, and Macavoy and defense. Everybody at this point has crazy good teammates, and that is in part because of how good they are. But still.
0: Yeah, but like Perchon's numbers were so ridiculous. His isolated impact is still so funny to me.
1: Like, he, he had the best defensive year of his career last year, and this is a guy who is slam dunk the best defensive player of this generation.
0: Both expected goals for and expected goals against were 18%. 18.7% yeah, like, expected goals for, and minus 18.6 expected goals against. Like, you can make an argument he was, yeah, the third best center
1: in the league last year. And if I remember
0: even bat an eye.
1: If I remember correctly, two two line-based records got broken using money puck data. The best expected goals four percentage line, which was the bergeron Marchand line this year, and the best goals four percentage line, which was the Marner-Matthews-Bunting line of, since 2007. Yeah. Both of those were broken by lines this year.
0: That and that sounds right. Like, this it, just he is so good, and it, you know, and this is what's so insane to me that there's debate about him retiring because he's still this good.
1: I know this is, yeah, this would be like, uh, it reminds me, it's not quite as extreme, but it is Boston still, the Brady retirement stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, like retiring when you're still top five at the most important position in the sport.
0: Yeah, it'd be like if, uh, you know Brady had the year where he had no weapons or anything. It'd be like if Bergeron had passed uh, Marchand and McAvoy taken away, and then went to Tampa or something, and was like just unreal, just like Brady did. Like that would be the comparison.
1: Yeah, he signs to be Tavares' center in Toronto or whatever. He's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's still amazing no matter yeah. where he goes.
0: Exactly. Um, you had him. So if we uh, this is where I really like comparing last year. So last year you had Crosby seven. So same spot. Item four. So I had him down a couple points this year. Um, last year I had Barkov. Where on earth? Are- I had Barkov 10 and you had him five. So I had him up a little, you had him uh, just one spot down. I had 0. 0.5, you had 0. 0.6 last year. Um, so you had point, I had point down one and you had a couple. Um, and then Bergeron, you had 10 last year and I had six. So we kind of swept on Barkov and Bergeron last year. Whereas, we both of them went five this year and then Barkoff six and eight, obviously,
1: which makes sense. yep, yeah, I, I definitely agree.
0: Um, all right, number four, did Dryside'll do enough, or is it I'm sorry, did yeah. the Dryside'll do enough to crack the top three for you, or is he still four?
1: I left him four.
0: I did too. i so I had him seven last year, actually. So I have him going above Bergeron Point Crosby from this
1: year. um yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right, especially in the playoffs.
0: Nice. Right. so you have the same top four as last year. Almost same top five, too. That's fine. Pretty much. Which makes sense, too. Like, you don't really see a shift as much as we think we do.
1: No, because these guys are so – even, like, McKinnon was not particularly close to the third-best center in the league last year, I don't think. But, I mean, he's <laughs> still Nathan freaking McKinnon. Somebody has to do something serious to knock him off.
0: Yeah, and also him having the big playoff run, I think,
1: this year also kind of helps with always that. Always helps. Yep, absolutely.
0: Because, yeah, like, if they don't go on to win the Cup where obviously he was – and, I mean, even, like, he wasn't always the Pete Nathan McKinnon, but he's still at 24 points in 20 games. Like, if they don't win the Cup this year and they bow it in the second round, people might start going, well, yeah, he had 88 points in 65 games, but
1: – Yeah, well, exactly, because that at that point you're thinking, well – you know, maybe he puts up 10 points in 14 playoff games and they lose. Dreisaitl put up 30, and Bergeron put up historic defensive numbers. Yeah. Yes, we can knock down a couple of pegs, but no, he was amazing. They won the cup.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so sorry for Dreisaitl, Well, I mean, that's basically our, our McKinnon thing, I would say. Uh, yeah. Absolutely unreal player, of course. Yeah, for Dreisaitl, to me, you know, the reason he went up from seven to four, uh, he played, again, more on his own this year. I, I felt like every time... I watched Edmonton games. They like, He wasn't with McDavid much at all. Um, again, I don't know how much he actually got to play with McDavid, but even his defensive numbers were slightly better this year. They weren't good. He's still below average defensively. Um, yeah, he's but, a bad
1: defensive player, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, it was less bad than it was last
1: year where he literally just ignored defense. <laughs> yeah and to be honest our defensive estimates are noisy i have a feeling for a lot of dry settle's career they're gonna bounce around between bad and god awful depending (laughs) on the year
0: exactly but that being said he was still i think uh second in the league in points second in the league in goals um like he had 110 points in 80 games there's not much more you need to say than that
1: yeah he's he's stupid he's the second best shooter in the league no yeah. so bad Matthews exists for his sake, but yeah, Dry freaking amazing.
0: Yep, absolutely. So um Dry Four, McKinnon three. Um again, I only know this because you and I have discussed this over DMs and stuff like that a little bit too. Our top two is Matthews two, McDavid one, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do I do think this year, for the first time in a while, I think Matthews is distinctly closer to one than three.
0: Yep, yeah, I think so. So well. I think me and you both kind of said last year too that he was very clearly two. But this year, like was the first year you could absolutely make an argument at least that he you could have him one.
1: Yeah, like I still prefer McDavid, but you could at least make a pro Matthews argument without being completely insane, which has yet to be possible up until now.
0: Yeah. And so the biggest reasons, and again, I know this because you and I have talked about it. The biggest reasons, you know, we still kind of have McDavid won is, A, it's not like he had that much worse of a regular season than me. He still led the league in points, right? Like he had 115 or something. Just absolutely stupid like that.
1: Um, and his floor is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, B, we saw the ceiling still in the playoffs. And that, to me, does matter.
1: Yep. Yeah, 100, absolutely. 123 points in 80 games. He's a ridiculous hockey player.
0: Yeah, but yeah, and then, like, the 33 points in 16, and there was, like, games where he just willed that team to win. And to me, doing that in the playoffs, I don't punish players on rankings like this for not doing it. Like, I don't think Matthews has really done that where
1: he's willed a couple teams to games like that, you know? No, he hasn't. But, the closest he came was he was a force in that Columbus series, but the puck never went in the net for him, so.
0: Exactly, right? And maybe the will bounce and he'll have it. So, but I don't punish Matthews for not doing that, but – I definitely do give McDavid some benefit for having done it.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think the other big thing with McDavid is just sample size, right? Like we were really early, and time has shown us to be absolutely correct on the Matthews' number two range. But he'd have to put up another MVP season, kind of.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if, if Matthews drives play and scores at a 60 goal clip, just like he did this year for a second year in a row. Maybe you do have the uh, discussion a little more seriously. But again, like, we gave put up 123 points. It's not like this guy had a down
1: year or anything like that. So, yeah, um, exactly. It's just a down year relative to the MVP caliber, which he still was. But, yeah, exactly. Sland-dock.
0: I think you've got to be the first guy in a while to lead in points, but not lead in either assists or goals.
1: Well, yeah, that's kind of a fun
0: one. Eh? Yeah, because I think Huberto beat him in assists. Oh, okay, McDavid did. Goudreau was four less than him. So it was Goudreau that almost beat him. But.
1: I thought they both did, to be honest.
0: According to
1: the sports book that I'm on, Covers.com. Oh, I'm sure your information is right. I was just going purely off the top of my head.
0: 79 for McDavid, 75 for Goudreau. But
1: yeah, anyways.
0: Um, yeah, like it, that's that's the gap still for me. It's just like. I definitely agree though where Matthews is closer to 1 than he is to 2 and that probably you would probably run out of the building for saying that last year.
1: Yeah, you would have been. And maybe rightfully but like yeah, he's Matthews was just such a far step above McKinnon and Drysdale cuz everybody the funny thing with Matthews too is everybody always says about Drysdale it's okay, he's so dog shit defensively cuz he's that good offensively. Austin Matthews clearly proves you don't have to be that horrible defensively in order to be that good of a shooter and offensive player.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to just completely abandon the defense. And that's also why like, I'm still a little more McDavid because he's he is another example of he's now not great defensively. Like he's not Matthews level defensively, but he's not stupid below average anymore either.
1: Yeah, he seems to be following nicely into that Sid thing, where his early career defensive results are absolutely horrific, and then they just get to average, and you're like, okay, this guy is a force of nature.
0: Yeah, literally, because McDavid creates even more than we saw Pete Sid create offensively. He's just that disgusting. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, like he's at plus twenty nine percent, is what yeah. the isolated impact model has on that offensively.
1: Just ridiculous, and
0: they even have his even strength defense in like a minus four now, which is above average. Nice. Yeah. He, he was twenty nine percent offensively and negative four point five this year defensively. Last year negative three point four defensively, plus twenty four percent expected offensively.
1: Yeah, that makes so, sense. The Twins have him slightly below average defensively, but those are going to be within error bars.
0: Yeah, literally. So like he's the best offensive player we have seen in ever, maybe for advanced stats.
1: In our lifetime, for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and he is now around average defensively. Yeah, that's kind of all you can ask for. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's our ranking. Um, I sh- probably shouldn't have closed my list so I can go through it real quick. Let me open that back up. Um, one through 20, I will go. My list, then yours. Uh, I had McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Bergeron, Point, Crosby, Barkoff, Stamkos. Eichel rounds out my top 10. And then had Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Ryan O'Reilly, Jack Hughes, Erickson Eck, Aho, Robert Thomas, uh, Elias Pettersson, Sam Reinhart, and Elias Lindholm uh, to round out my top 20. You had McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Bergeron, uh, Barkov, Crosby, Point, Stamkos, and then O'Reilly to round out your top 10. Uh, Pettersson, Aho, Eichel, Thomas, Hughes, Hintz, Lindholm, Couturier, Hurdle, and JT Miller rounding out your top 20. Um, so... Pretty pretty similar list. I mean, obviously a couple different names near the bottom, but um, I'm just trying to look quickly, and it doesn't look like more than four names were different on each list.
1: Yeah, which makes sense. I know people love like the people love the Skip Bayless level disagreement or whatever, but if we're being intellectually honest with each other, and you have a guy nine that I didn't even consider for the list or whatever, it's like there's pro- one of us is probably making a severe mistake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, especially when you know it's tough because we're also using the same data sets. Like sometimes these episodes are fun when you know you get a someone with just completely different, like they have internal data that they Berkshire, use.
1: Berkshire right? when he was on the PDO cast was the best because Dimitri would have to use purely public stuff and Berkshire would use all the sport logic stuff.
0: Exactly. Like mean, so that was always a fun comparison. But yeah, like for us, you know, we're using the same data you're either being purposely obtuse or just reading it wrong. I feel like if, yeah, I have someone at 30 and you have them at nine or I have, you know, a guy fifth and you don't, you have them down at 19th. It's like, yeah, that gap probably shouldn't happen. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. A fun list as always, uh, the next week, I think is going to be one of the tougher one. wingers. I always find so difficult because there's so many of them because we combine left and right wingers. Cause it's just easier that way, but, um, I'm, I'm excited for it. So Keep an eye out for the top 20 wingers list next week. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Suns and Stuff. Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. All of my work at LastWord And Chase at ActionNetwork.com. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll be back at you next week with our top 20 wingers.